Burrow trying to keep it going, gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. You're listening to Pulse Radio. Man, I got to start with that West Coast flavor, man. Listen, we got Super Bowl that we sort of wanted. I'm not going to say we totally wanted. That we sort of wanted. Halftime show was amazing. Shout out to Snoop Dogg, to Dr. Dre, to Kendrick Lamar, to Eminem, to the Queen Mary J. And 50 Cent, surprisingly. Game was pretty good. The commercials were trash. We're going to talk about all of that, man. But Ariel, how you doing today? I'm doing good, but you also forgot Anderson Pac had a little cameo in there too on the drums with band. They brought out everybody. Not like the halftime show really needed it, but it was appreciated. He was there, like and but he, he wasn't mentioned. We weren't really waiting for him, okay? And we weren't really cheering Nobody for was him. waiting for him. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, we just pulling out stars. I mean, it's LA. Why not pull out all the stars tonight? I mean, I, I mean, cause, cause, like, it's not Anderson Pac anymore. It's really Silk Sonic. I mean, he, he's a part of Silk Sonic. You know, it, it, it don't, he don't really count as Anderson Pac right now. He, like, right now, he's just the drummer that was on the Super Bowl. Okay, that's all he is right now. But that's my guy. Though. Shout out to Anderson Pac. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, Host Post Radio, in the building. We have Aria in the building. Super Bowl vibes. It's lit, man. So first and foremost, we got to start with this, Aria. How was your Super Bowl Sunday? You know what? Like you said, like it wasn't the Super Bowl that we wanted, but it gave us enough between the halftime show, the close games, the injuries that happened, the last play that happened with Aaron Donald. So I'm satisfied. Like it's I'm good for this to have been the matchup that we wanted. For our underdog Super Bowl was a good Super Bowl. I, I respect it. I'm not gonna change it right now. So yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I was actually very excited. I probably have I probably was the most excited for this one. Like I think that my excitement for the Super Bowl when the Falcons made it was by osmosis because I really wasn't into football like that. But I was really excited for this one. Like just the fact that I'm actually in, into football. I was ready for the halftime show. I was ready for the whole entire thing. Like I'm I'm like I, I watched on Friday. I watched the Prince halftime show. We'll talk about that later on. And I watched the game that I essentially missed, um, the game between you know Patrick Mahomes and Burrow, you know, with the Bengals and the Chiefs. I watched that one. So I was just super hyped, super excited. Very low-key Super Bowl. We, we didn't have a party, okay? We just had, had some fish, okay? So I had some chips and some sparkling water. It, it, it mean, wasn't as big as it used to be. You know, you don't want to be around all that. And it's not what? like... Well, I mean, this actually would have been a good Super Bowl party, but, like, it, come on now. Like, being the comfort of your home was just the vibes this year. Well, Grant, I don't think I've ever, my family's ever had a real Super Bowl party. It was just more a variety of food. I, I think that, that that was, like, what made it different. But, I mean, it it was it was fun. I mean, it, it, Do y'all do a finals party for no, the NBA? Of course not. Of course See, that's, not. that's your problem. So you guys biased. Biased already, starting out the we, game. No, we, we don't do <laughs> <laughs> we're not like we don't do it like because like normally because see the thing about the finals is that it comes on so late you know like like was with super bowl super bowl 6 30 came on 6 30 
It actually started pretty much on time. It ended around like what nine o'clock. It ended pretty early. So like the fact it was early, you know, people can watch it, you know. But with the finals, you're starting at eight o'clock or you're starting at nine o'clock. So it's like the game's ending at twelve. So when when, when the team I room for hits a game when the shot and I yell out, folks asleep. So they're like Randall, <laughs> like, you know. So man, listen. So listen, a lot of great stuff. So let's talk about the Super Bowl. So, of course, the Rams defeated the Bengals 23 to 30, Super Bowl 56. Odell Beckham Jr. was going in. He had two catches for 52 yards, and he got the first touchdown to break open the game before he sustained an injury in the second quarter, and he did not return. And we thought that that would be the, the, the change, at least I thought it would. But the game was crazy. It was a lot of good plays. It wasn't like a super exciting, high-octane offensive Super Bowl. I would say it wasn't like the Eagles versus the Patriots. Um, but at the same time, like it was still like really good. I, I like the defensive angles of it. So the game ended on an incomplete pass by Joe Burrow on a fourth down after Aaron Donald, the real MVP, like, like Kevin Durant, you, you're the real MVP. So he went and he went after Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow was about to get sacked. I thought Joe Burrow was about to pull off a magic Johnson pass. He was, he was falling down, but the guy didn't catch it fourth and one. It was a wrap. Joe Burrow was sacked seven times, which ties the Super Bowl record. Matthew Stratford, 26 of 40 on his pass attempts. 20 to 283 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I have something to say about uh, Matthew Stratford later on. But Cooper Cup was actually named the Super Bowl MVP. He's the first player to win Offensive Player of the Year and Super Bowl MVP in the same seasons. The the Thursday NFL Honors, it was cool. He won Offensive he won Offensive Player of the Year, and it was right before the Super Bowl. So we have a lot to discuss and a lot to talk about. Aria. You are the residential football expert. I'm just a casual visitor for now. I'm in orientation. Okay. So how do you feel about this outcome of the game? Because of course it wasn't the game that we wanted. We wanted really both of us wanted the chiefs and the Packers. And I think that America, Packers are, you know, you know, maybe like a legend, you know, Super Bowl bucks and bucks and Packers. You you never know. But, but I, what I would say is that I think America, we really want to be messy and we wanted the Patriots versus the bucks. That's what we wanted. But we also wanted the Chiefs and the Rams. We're trying to, to, to look at the menu in the restaurant and say, hey, well, they don't got stuff I want. So, and, I, and this happened for real. Like, I went to a restaurant, I want this. Oh, we out of that. I want this. We out of that. So, I'm like, that's basically Sounds what like it was for Starbucks us. order. Oh, Jesus. Starbucks don't ever have anything. <laughs> you, you, you're so fancy. Starbucks, you're so fancy. Okay? <laughs> but anyway, so, like, so how do you feel about this outcome? It wasn't the game that you wanted, but how do you feel about the outcome of this game? Is it what you expected? I'm I have my disappointments and I have a few of my cons, just especially where I was hoping for kind of like a shootout. Like I said, the Bills versus Chiefs game was really our Super Bowl, one of the best games I have ever seen posted. And if it was a regular season game, probably would have been the best regular season game that we've seen of all 2022. I mean, this was a long season, had a long ride. The Rams did great. Of course, they showed their behind once again, trying to come back from behind late into the quarter, letting the Bengals act get up but Joe Burrow didn't have such a bad performance besides his sex besides him being super young 
he actually played like a veteran, having those quick releases, able to make plays, getting Jamar Chase into the game, which really is what benefited him. Also kind of getting that running game, too, because once they stop the Rams in their running game, they're able to march down the field. Hence, one of their drives, which is actually like a 15-play drive, was off of their running game, scoring them that touchdown that was actually supposed to lead them in the game. So I... It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad game from my perspective. I believe it was more of a deserving game. Whoever did it, did it. And the Rams just had a little bit more than what Joe Burrow was trying to give. Regardless of all the stories that are coming out now, he was playing on a torn or sprained MCL, you know, all the injuries that were happening on both sides of the fields. And he left out with his head held high. That's what I think we should kind of see like both of the teams played well could have been a better game yeah could have been a better high scoring game yeah but we got to think about who we're playing with here you got a young team and then you got you know Matthew Shaffer's team that's just like you have a whole bunch of superstars but they collapse or they get injured <laughs> during the middle of the game so I mean we got what was expected and I think everything else around it, like the stories the retirements that happened the halftime the first pick and the first touchdown within the first 22 seconds of the second half. Like, we got our moments, so it wasn't a bad Super Bowl. I'm hoping and expecting better next year, but for this to give us our first longest season of the NFL and our first kind of regular back-to-life NFL where we're not having all of COVID or we can't have a season or we have a shortage of games, this was a great end to a very long season. I think so, too. Uh, all I really wanted, and, you know, my, my, my dad gets so tired of me when I say this. All I wanted was a good game. Like, that's all I really wanted. Yeah. I'm a sports fan at the end of the day, and I just wanted a good game where I'm not going to sleep on the game. I'm not bored. I'm not on my phone because I really tried to pay attention. Like, I thought I was an NFL analyst because, like, we were watching on Peacock on the television, and I had my iPad, and I'm like, Joe Burrow missed the open, open guy. He, I, 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 I was bringing it up, like, I'm on TV, on my iPad, I'm bringing up the replay, like, hey, the guy was open right there. So I was really trying to be invested in it, and, and I think that, um, you know, just from the presentation to the game itself, I think it was, you know, a great Super Bowl. Um, I, it could have been better with, I think, a better team. I think that the Bengals definitely got lucky because I but they did better than I expected. Everybody thought they'd get blown out. I didn't think that. You remember, I didn't think that. I didn't unless, unless I'm being a hypocrite, I didn't think they'd get blown out. I thought it would be close, and I was hoping it would be close. But my thing was that the Bengals were playing pretty well to start. So it wasn't what I expected because I didn't think they would get blown out. But I, th I thought it'd be 10, maybe. It wouldn't be like close. I still think they're underdogs. I, I think it I think it serves us right. And anybody that still thinks that the Bengals still have more to do or that they're still not that A-plus team is okay. Not just because they lost the Super Bowl, but just because they proved to us what we haven't seen, like they said, in two decades. We haven't seen them in the playoff run. We haven't seen them in the Super Bowl. And then you had a close Super Bowl. So, yeah, you're still young. There's still a lot more to do. And right now, you guys are making the right push. You extended the contract with Zach Taylor. You keep in ties with your quarterback. You're extending to the draft that's about to come up in April 2022. So I think they have a good run. There's still a lot to prove going to the third year with Joe Burr and going to the second year with Zach Taylor. I think they're going to be fine. They're still an underdog team. They still got a lot to show us, but they're not where they used to be. We're just hoping they don't have a Browns effect where I get a new quarterback and I get all the right players and I get the right coach, but I start going backwards 
this after two years. You can't have back-to-back -back playoff spots and then start declining in your record. That's when stuff goes bad. So as long as they don't have a Browns effect, I think the Bengals are going to be fine. And I honestly predict that maybe they'll be back within the next five years. I'm not going to give it another 10 years. I think they'll come shorter than that. Yeah, so I want to ask you this. So with, with the Bengals... I definitely think that Joe Burrow's tough, and we'll talk about their future in a second. But yeah. we got to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Because I was so excited for him. You know, I was super, super, super excited. You know, um, because he's such a great player, and I think he gets a bad rap. And it's primarily because of media narratives. But he deserved to really go off in the Super Bowl. And I think that he was on pace to be the MVP. And I know you had Cooper Cup on one side, Odell Beckham on the other side. I personally thought, like, if, if he put up a couple more touchdowns, of course he would have been MVP for sure, especially if that was him instead of Cooper Cup that, that got it. But I, th I think Aaron Donald should have been MVP. I'm open with that. But it was just so sad when he went down. And the thing that was scary about it and that would make people should make people cause for pause is that that was a non-contact injury when you saw it. He yeah. caught the ball. That would have been a first down if he caught it. But you notice, he no one was brought, was by him. No one hit him. It wasn't a dirty play. He literally dropped the ball and dropped to the ground in pain. Those are the worst, most scariest injuries. And it was just out of nowhere. After he scores the first touchdown of the game. And I honestly thought that the game was over. I'm like, you lose Odell. You got Cooper Cup. They might double team him. They might, you know, try to really make sure that he doesn't do what he needs to do. Someone else got to step up. But they found a way to pull through, although it wasn't a huge offensive game. So I want to ask you this. When you saw OBJ go down, do you believe that that would shift the game in Cincinnati's favor? I mean, if you think about it statistically, let's go back to the season, the previous season where before they were like 7-1 and one and they weren't with Odell. They were still winning games above the 10-point margin line. Some of them were close, but you still had times where the Rams were going to be okay. You add Odell, and then it's like, mm, I'm winning games by five points, touchdown, three points, 10 points. And the margin looked a little iffy, but that's because they were trying to find their footing. But you wouldn't have thought that Matthew Stafford would have had no other weapons besides Scrunoff, uh, which, you know, my apologies if I'm mispronouncing your name. He was a big failure, missing the first two plays, first two passes from Matthew Stratford. You're supposed to go in for a man that we just pulled and you've been here for the past couple of years. How you go out here and act like that? That was just how you knew that replacing him and putting screwing up as a tight end and was just going to be a disaster. And then you already knew, if you think about it, Odell Beckham was kind of like the decoy to Cooper Cup. Like, and we literally can't find, because you know they were triple teaming him, they were double teaming him. Nobody wanted Cooper Cup to be available. But Odell just became that person. And I I don't really agree with you. I don't believe he would have, he would have been top three, but I don't think he would have passed Cooper Cup just to say, um, like I said, Odell wasn't working as a decoy. Uh, it was, I wouldn't say it was lucky, but it was great that he was there to score the first touchdown and actually make an impact of the game and have his impact. But at the end of the day, I'm just using you for the first down yardage and maybe like a deep threat pass. I'm not looking for you all the time unless I try Cooper Cup two or three times and he's not there around a fourth down. I need somebody 
kind of clutch. Then I would do it, but I still think that Aaron Donald and that Cooper Cup MVP is kind of close, but um, it definitely shifted the tables, and that's what was so wild to me, a player that came in midseason that I'm really just using you because I have another thread that keeps being covered. You impacted that whole offensive line for the Rams. They hadn't scored anything till the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter. So it's like he, as you can see, and it's undeniable, he impacted the momentum, how Matthew Shafford thought, and Matthew Shafford wasn't like Joe Burrow, and I can't say that. Joe Burrow was able to pick out other threats on the field. He's able to work with what he got, because really the only threat that he kind of had was Jamar Chase, if they weren't trying to double-team him in his running game. So Matt, Matthew Stafford wasn't used to thinking like how Joe Burrow was kind of brought up to think during the season. I can't rely on one guy. I got to make sure everybody's a repping. And so finally, once Matthew Stafford gets into that, I mean, he went back to his main two. It became okay. But overall, not having Odell Beckham there was just crazy. And then the injury reports today that it might be another ACL tear. That's like, I mean, he has his ring now. He did what he was supposed to do. But do you keep I don't think it's a team decision. I think it's um, an Odell decision that he doesn't get back into that mind state. Do they keep investing in me when I have an injury every, like, two seasons, every three seasons? I'm always getting hurt, and that's the problem with players now. Not that it's their fault, but how do you just stop the injuries that are, like, reoccurring or injuries that are so crucial? And luckily, it's the offseason. You're going to have that surgery working back out. That's a long recovery road again for Odell Beckham, again for coming back and wanting to make a statement in the new season. That's a lot to go through. It definitely is, and and prayers out to him. And because like Odell is man, I, I was really expecting him to really revive his career with the Rams, and so I hope that he's not sidelined for a prolonged period of time. And then he got injured in the Super Bowl. But I'm glad that he was able to make an impact while he was out there. And get yeah, that if he did it, it would have been. Um, what did you What did you move for? Like, I mean, I know there's a lot of players that don't get out on the field, and you know the whole team gets a ring. But for you to move from two different teams that created a bad narrative about you in the media, and someone you create a bad narrative about yourself, and for you not to play at all. That would have been a different story. But you scored the first touchdown. You you had the first two catches. You were doing good. You were a target. You were being used. So that's a good narrative to go off with. It's not like he just got a ring off of nothing. He put his heart and soul out there. Unfortunately, he got hurt, and he ended up with the ring at the end of the night. So I think that's a better story for him not playing at all. And what you just said about the ACL, I think that's the reason why we saw that emotion from him on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that he realized, like, man, like, we really did it. But I think that what people don't understand is that this ain't a movie. This is real life. So he has to deal with the fact that he might be out for a prolonged period of time after he got to the Super Bowl. So, man, prayers up to Odell Beckham Jr. But let's continue to talk about the game. So I want to ask you about this, and this has been the big conversation outside of, of course, Aaron Donald possibly retiring. We'll tackle that in a second. But the missed calls by the referees. So the referees called a very silent game. I said that the referees that were basically watching the game with us, like they were enjoying the Super Bowl at that point. Cause they only, you know, threw six flags, 
One of them shouldn't have been thrown, but it wasn't the referee's fault. It was Vernon Hargraves the third's fault for being an inactive player that decides to run on the field. So it really was five penalties that were because of what happened on the field. Vernon Hargraves, I would cut you, man. I don't run the Bengals. Oh, if I ran the Bengals, you would be working at Walmart. I'm telling you, you working at Starbucks. Starbucks are your go-to. Okay, I'm telling you. And make sure they have all the flavors because I'm tired of them and I'm not having everything and I have to eat the most basic thing. I'm not basic. I need my flavors. I need all that. Oh, he would. Because I'd be like, listen, listen. You already lost one job. So you make sure the flavors ain't there. You're getting fired. I'm punt kicking you out of here. Because <laughs> that made me so upset. I'm like, dude, I understand Zuba, I understand your hype. But, bro, like, that's a penalty that could hurt, possibly. Now, it didn't, but that's a penalty that could hurt. I thought that was so stupid. But they, they so the referees missed a clear face mask call on T. Higgins as he threw down, as he threw down um, you know, Jalen Ramsey. And you know there wasn't a lot of a lot of a lot of calls made by the referees, but the missed ones were the ones that really went crazy because that play he ran it for a seventy-five yard touchdown, right? So the Bengals could have really shifted the game with that and could have won the game off that because they had to leave for a long period of time until the fourth quarter under two minutes, and then it was a and then it was a holding call against the Bengals on the Rams' third down in the fourth quarter, and that led to the game-winning touchdown when Matthew Stratford threw it a Cooper Cup. And then on that holding call, Ariel, and this is something that was on Twitter that I don't even think the broadcasters really knew about. On that holding call that they called on the Bengals, it was a false start by the Rams, and a false start would have stopped the play and it would have negated the defensive holding and set the Rams up with the further distance on the third and goal from the 18-yard line that the defense could have got hyped for and could have stopped them and made it a fourth down where they got to go for it. They got to figure out, hey, what are we going to do? You know, that, that could have been the game right there, but the referees shifted the balance. And, of course, the questionable, unnecessary roughness call on Logan Wilson, that just made it even worse for the Bengals. So I want to ask you, do you believe that these missed calls and these lack of calls affected the outcome of the Super Bowl? The only call that I would say kind of affected it a little bit because if we look at these calls, a lot of these calls were offset with things that were real, that actually happened, or that came to pass that kind of negated whatever happened before then. Um, now, the face mask call, I do I do believe that that should have been seen. I believe that should have had but a replay, but of course, you know, going through New York, they don't have to do all of that now, so it's none of their business anymore, but that I definitely believe should have been called. Now, when it came to the holding call, which got them within a half an inch of that touchdown for the Rams for them to overcome in that game, that was that was against the Bengals. That's something that they should have faced, and that's something that, you know, that was on them. Now, the call before that, when it was the questionable call with the targeting and also with the holding call against the Rams that negated each other and allowed them to replay that and then get that holding call, I believe that that was one of those things where, okay, we had a penalty before that they decided to neglect. They didn't want to look at it. And then here comes karma again doing this. I think that it just offset everything. And that's what happened really between the Rams and the Super Bowl game. You had a lot of calls that negated each other to the previous call. So when it came to that face mask, after that call, it was a holding call. Actually, it was a taunting call on the Rams that pushed up it was a taunting call on the Bengals that pushed up the Rams after kickoff 
that kind of negated their face masks, leading them into the series of calls that had happened. So it was a lot of things that the rest got right, or they were just like, well, something, I don't know if they had like, you know, Raven superpowers where they were seeing into the future that, oh, I'm not going to call this face mask because they're going to have a toxic penalty, and oh, I'm not going to kick this player out because he's about to have a holding penalty after he had a personal foul. So it's kind of like, Everything I've said in itself, and I'm not really mad at it. However, when it comes to that helmet-to-helmet, that personal foul, um, I'm not really mad at it. I'm not, because I don't think it was... It didn't look... If you look at the replay, and if you sit there and study it, it wasn't as intentional as people are making it to seem. Like, he was literally come like it was one of those plays where i'm coming at you full speed and i'm trying to aim with you in my helmet but i accidentally aimed with, like he when you look at it in slow motion he didn't lift up he didn't turn he didn't move his head up to try to hit him they just collided so i don't think and out of that evidence because they did have they do have to replay it and new york is looking at that i think that's where they find it inclusive that it wasn't a targeting call to look at and to throw him at the game it's just going to be a hard personal foul that it could have been a targeting call and we're going to move you up so the calls weren't bad and like you said the re- i enjoyed that the rest let them play there was only one taunting call called throughout the whole game there was only two personal flags called on the Bengals, and the rest of it was just up in the air for like basic stuff holding you know pass interference that's fine with me but to have six calls throughout a season where most of the teams would leave with about 10 to 15 flags i'm not mad at the rest as long as they didn't get in the way, as long as they let the game play, and as long as they weren't calling anything stupid, I I didn't see a problem with this. I don't I don't see a problem with a few a few things. There was actually a missed call that I don't think you had in there that the rest the rest missed this after the face mask call and after the taunting call when it was first down for Matthew Stafford after he threw that play and had an incomplete pass there was um there should have been a roughing the passer or um unnecessary roughness on one of the Bengals defensive players after the play had happened Matthew Stafford, no ball, nowhere near. It was after the play was done, just hit him, just dropped his shoulder. And I'm like, y'all not going to call that. Like, y'all, y'all don't see that. So I don't know. It was a lot of a lot of intensity out there. And I think the rest, you know, they've been getting a bad rap, especially after that Cowboys game. So I think they're just like, listen, what we see is what we see. What we don't see is what we don't see. At least they can't come back to us and be like, we didn't let them play. Yeah, y'all let them play. You missed probably two crucial calls. That's better than trying to run down the shot clock i'm over here trying to set it up and then i'm in your way and then you lose the game because i'm in your way or i'm calling you off of like i'm calling five bogus taunting calls i mean taunting is part of the game i really hate i really hate that rule or like i'm just not seeing anything at all like they they did what they had to do i'm not really mad at the rest the two missed crucial calls but you know that's the game of football you're you're running with them you're trying to see everything not trying to negate the love of nba but like you're you're centered on like one quarter and it's kind you can see everything just a little bit with football i got 100 yards i gotta make sure i'm running back and forth i gotta make sure i'm seeing everything and i'm no longer able to replay or process the calls it got to go straight to new york because we're trying to rush through the game so we knew stuff was going to be missed but 
the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not crushed about it. It's not bad. You know, I'm the game had to, the game ended the way it needed to end. It's not like, like the Rams could say, "Oh, they pulled a face mask," but they didn't see him for the next call. Y'all literally got the next call. Y'all got the next two calls. Y'all got calls that negate each other, and then you got the holding call that puts you within the touchdown. I'm not mad. I, I got what I deserve. So, so I, I, I hope they're not. I want to have a theory about about the referees, though. I have a theory. Okay. I think that the referees were high. Okay. I think that they met up with Snoop Dogg before, before the game, and they all smoked, and they and then they were they, their vision was distorted, okay? Because because I, I don't think they were like you know we just could call it all a loose and fair game. The boys were high. It, it's legal. It's legal in L.A. Ariel. It's legal out there. So I think they they smoked them a good one because some of them calls was crazy. You, you brought up another one. Like boy, they even there. Like them boys, them boys were playing, were playing seven on seven in the park. Boy, tell me like, what is really going on? It's a Super Bowl. I understand we get mad at the referees, and especially if it's your team, but they have a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you have to do your job effectively. We're not saying call every call. We're not saying don't call calls. But find that happy medium. And I, I like I think that if you call that face mask, no one would have got mad at that. That was a clear call. If you know you called like like you know that that false start in the Rams, I don't think Rams fans would have been mad, but that was a clear as day false start. When they got down from an emotional high, where they won or lost, they'd be like, you know what, that was a false start. Because I, I know that's what I do. I know every fan's not me. That's what I do. I'm like, hey, like they, they called that a goaltender when a goaltender. You know what? It was. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if you look back and realize that, yeah, it was. You can be biased, but it simply was. So I just think the referees, they got to be better. Stop. Smoke after the game, okay? So you smoke a drink after the game, at the after party. I know you you saw LeBron. And, 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 and maybe the referees were mesmerized by Kanye West in a mask. They were thinking, how can Kanye see the game with a mask on? Like, you know what I'm saying? How, how's that possible? Because then maybe they saw Kanye, like, and they got scared. Like, is, is that a robber? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they coming to get us from the Dallas game? Like, so. I mean, Kanye is a scary person right now, especially what he did on Valentine's Day to Kim and all the death threats he got coming to Pete Davidson. Shout out to my boy Pete, man. Been getting these back to back powered millionaire women well kim Listen. kim is a billionaire but these millionaire women man i don't know what they see in this man but this man's capturing the bag i love a man after a bag well first of he, he's 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 a funny guy you know what i'm saying funny guy that, that always wins and then you know he he sees successful in what he does but i want to just say this like kanye knows who to play with Kanye would not have been playing with Ray J like that. Okay, I just want to let you know. Kanye would have been playing with Ray J like that. Like, 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 like let Ray, Ray J get the whole money team, and Kanye, he's going to stop, he's going gonna to chill out. See, see, he ain't playing with Ray J like that. That's number one. And Brandy not going to play with Kanye. I'll just let you know that. Brandy, Ms. Norwood, Ms. Norwood, they're not playing with Kanye. They, 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 they would have got that Kanye for sure. All right, but let's talk about this. Outside of the referees, who do you think won the Super Bowl MVP? I think the referees were fighting for it. But who do you think won, who do you, who think should have won the Super Bowl MVP? Cooper Cup won it. It. But at the same time, I think Aaron Donald should have because that was Aaron Donald's game. He was the best player on that field, bar none. It was not Cooper Cup. It was not Joe Burrow. It wasn't even Odell Beckham, although he had a case. It was Aaron Donald. That was his game. And he dominated the headlines. He, he dominated everything about that game. He, he should have won the MVP, and it should have been the coronation of what I guess would be his retirement. Okay, but Cooper Cup, he did okay. He got one last touchdown. That's great, but he should not have won. But who do you think should have won? I believe it should have went to Cooper Cup. Mm. And I believe the way the Aaron Donald situation, you have to think about it because, like, of course, we're all, we're like, 
we're people of journalism and as a woman of journalism, the way that Aaron Donald sequence with the media will be the only reason why people would possibly think, and that's why media and journalism is so powerful, that maybe Aaron Donald should have got it. I announced my retirement before the game. Let's keep that in your mind. So whatever I do, this is going to be the last thing you see. He already did that to the media. Then after that, you go out here and you do put on a star seller performance. And then to top it all off, I'm going to be like, mm, I'm going to get the last play. You tackle, which is the last play of the game, Joe Burrow, and he has an incomplete pass. Then you go out here and you like ring me. They were doing ring sizes today. That that was really cool to watch as well. And then now y'all is like, dang, he played the best performance of his life. This man about to retire, maybe, possibly, hasn't been officially announced. And and people's mind is like, dang, well, if he did all this, and I know he's retiring, and then he made this last play of the game, let me give him the ring. And I'm not saying that that mindset isn't wrong, but y'all have been, not y'all, not you specifically, but I feel like the audience has been persuaded and mind-washed because the way that Aaron Donald set the media up. But let's really talk about Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup didn't have a chance to fully play within the first quarter or, yeah, within the first quarter and the second quarter because we had Odell Beckham who was trying to prove something, who proved to be reliable and who had that first touchdown catch. Until he got injured, that's when Matthew Stafford was like, dang, now I actually have to play with my offensive MVP of the year. I can't play with nobody else. That's when he came into line. You got to think about all the clutch catches he made, how he was there for him, that last second touchdown, that last minute touchdown, two of them. Like, Cooper Cup deserves all my, Cooper Cup deserves all my respect. No disrespect to Aaron Donald. What he did was cool. And that was like the, the Anthony Hamilton and the music soul child thing oh yesterday. Oh you got Anthony Hamilton. You got him singing Charlene as a hitter. And then you got music soul child singing buddy like well, those are two hit those well, are two hits, but how you end matters let me say this so i want to say about about the music soul child verses like the, the they I, they were probably high too because they clearly missed that they did 19 songs instead of 20 i was counting go to author and be on twitter i ranked each round they stopped on 19 unless you start unless the lead song that they that they did when they came out was a song they did 19. So the question with, with that one, we're gonna talk about, about music real quick. Is that so did Buddy go against Charlene or did Love go against Charlene? See, that's the question we need to know because it don't matter. It really don't because he still lost. And they said lost. That's my dog. He lost. But at the same time, which one are you putting up against it? Because if it's Buddy, you lost by a country mile. Oh, it's 933, like Bucks Chiefs, okay? But 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 listen, if if, if it was love, it would have been it would it would be twenty three twenty, you know, Rams Bengals. Okay, that's how I look at it. Okay, it's just how, the moral of the story where my metaphor is going. How you start is how you finish. Like how how you whatever last two things you got, that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen. And you also gotta think about Aaron Donald had a very late start. He was still his presence was the most impactful thing that was happening to happening to him in the first half. He really didn't start getting the Aaron Donald that he was besides his tackles. They were double-teaming him. Besides the second half. They were double-teaming him. That was, that was really the reason why, but but I thought they, they, they highlighted double, that, though. You double-teamed Cup, too. 
You but, double team but, Cooper Cup. But, he wasn't but, no but, weapon. But you, after who you more scared of? I'm I'm more scared of Aaron Donald coming at me the Cooper Cup catch the pass. I ain't worried about My that. My defense yeah, to do everything that they need to do. They sacked Joe Burrow seven times. Seven this times. This man still scored. This man still found Jamar Chase. This man still oh, Trump down the field. You take away the running game from the Rams, which was their leading thing throughout this whole postseason and regular season, and I have to double and triple team. I triple team Cooper Cup. He caught it in a tight window. This man ran me down for a first down and a touchdown. They both had late starts. They both had great performances. But here I am, and I, I'm probably going to regret this, offense wins games. So if I'm mm. scoring that last touchdown, I'm sorry, Aaron Donald. You're a great player. Oh. You're amazing. I appreciate you and your impact. But Cooper Cup deserved it. Oh, my gosh. You, 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 really, you really went there. Like, Defense, like I, I've become like in everything. It's so crazy. I've become a really defensive guy in everything in basketball. And I even rock with defense in football more than I really rock with offense. Like Aaron Donald's presence was felt, even though he didn't have like the stats or the hits, because like the fact that Joe Burrow was sacked seven times and in the offensive line, well, I think was doing pretty good in, in the in the first in the first half. I mean, second half they got tired because I don't think they just forgot to play football. I think that they got tired because they were out there, you know, for short bursts, and they were out there for, for for a longer period of time. But like Aaron Donald, and you have Von Miller on the other side. I must admit, you have Von Miller on the other side. Just like I mean, you uh, have Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey. But you know, uh, if we do get into this, Jalen Ramsey was just outplayed. He wasn't a bad player. He was he just, was thrown. He was, he was fought. He got game. fought. He was thrown down. Like it was UFC. Like they grabbed that man. They said, "Get out of here." Like, you know he got fought. He got ran down. He got passed. Jay, besides that face mask call, we cannot forget that this was not Jalen Ramsey's best game. Like, it he wasn't. could have played better. There are so many routes he could have outrun. And for him not to have an interception the whole game is how you know he could have done better. But imagine I, that. Imagine that. Imagine you saying that Aaron Donald still held it down. The defense still held it down. See, y'all realize that Jalen Ramsey, who was out, who wants to be out here catching interceptions, he ain't doing what he need to do. Von Miller got a potch in the back of his head. He ain't doing what he need to do. He need to cut that. You know what I'm saying? Girl, I'm not doing <laughs> what he needs to do. Oh, no, Beckham is out. My two supposedly best running backs are not giving me anything. They ran for negative two yards towards the end of the second half. I'm going zero for zero putting in the running game. Here come Cooper Cup. I'm I'm sorry. I got to give it to this man. Aaron Donald carried the Rams. And Aaron Donald's the reason why, why, why they won because you let Joe Burrow with ice in his veins like really get that first down. It gets scary, but we had overtime. We were like, like but the it wasn't was a going sack. On. Sorry, the low volume. But, it wasn't a sack. Technically, it wasn't because Joe Burrow, very amazingly, I must add, was able to fling it out before that. But the reason why it wasn't no clear play, because first of all, Joe Burrow didn't see. I think it was a guy open on that play. It was a fourth and one. And and that whole entire play calling scheme, like around that point, was stupid because they ran the ball, got nowhere. Then they decided to throw it on third on, on third and one. Then it went for fourth and one. It was so it was stupid, and, and they were breaking it down. But Aaron Donald's presence. His, 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 his presence is what helped them get there. Because if, if Aaron Donald, let's say Aaron Donald got injured. Aaron Donald ain't there. Joe Burrow ain't worried about nothing. Aaron, like Joe, Joe Burrow throwing one pass field goal range, we're going to overtime. If Aaron Donald wasn't there. But Aaron Donald being, it, it, it's the, I feel like a preacher, it's the presence, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, like he don't always come, but he come on time.
Okay? It's like it's, it's like a preacher. It's on both Sunday. sides of the field. It's <laughs> on both sides of the field. If you lost Odell Beckham, that was that was a huge that was a huge target on your back. You lost Cooper Cup over Odell Beckham. I don't know, man. We gonna be know. all right. <laughs> we gonna be all right. <laughs> when I wake up, look at me. We're going to be all right, man. I'm telling you, but, but I, I, I get it. I just think that really Aaron Donald, like he, like that man leaves an impact, but here's the thing. And I told my dad this, that we have naturally a innate bias against defensive players. Defensive players are never going to win the awards. They're never going to win the awards. They're never going to win. Defensive players are never going to win. Never. It's it's a quarterback bias. But also, it's a bias against defensive players. They're never really going to win for real. Come on, come on. Think, think about it. Aaron Donald never had a chance. He never had a chance. That's no. He never had, like, like according to people that were he never had a chance. Because like you said, people value offense more than defense. He never had a chance. He should have won, but to me, and I understand your argument, but he never had a chance because he's not an offensive player. He ain't running touchdowns in. Maybe if he ran a touchdown in and then picked up a fumble, he would have got MVP, but it don't matter because he ain't putting points on the board because people only like to see the flashy thing. Like, they don't understand the impact when it's not not a score happening in any sport. They, 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 don't, they don't understand that, and that's, that's the thing I really like about Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is, is, is putting together a master class on how to affect the game without scoring. Like, even how his presence can affect the game. Because Cooper Cup was getting double and triple team, but at the same time, that defense, like, literally, they were game planning for Aaron Donald. I'm not worried about Von Miller. I'm not even worried about Jalen Ramsey. Like you said, he got killed. I'm worried about Aaron Donald getting to my quarterback. And Aaron Donald getting there? Joe Burrow got sacked seven times. He, he was a part of it. He was on, he was on the field. It, 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 it's a team project. It, like, it was a team project. Aaron Donald did all the work. They put their names on the paper. Okay? That's what happened. That's, what that's that's pushing it, but you know what? We're we gonna get there. That's that's pushing it, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what our audience has to say. I don't know. We'll love to see. This, this, this is uh, a little different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but so, so Ariel thinks Cooper Cup should have gotten it, but it's, it was a story he got it though because he, he won offensive player of the year, then got Super Bowl MVP. I think Aaron Donald should have gotten it, but we all, I think we all agree the referee should have gotten it for the Rams. The referees brought, brought it home, boy. I'm telling you. All right, so let's talk about Matthew Strafford, all right? So it, it's this narrative, and I really don't like it, that championships validate the success of a career. I am an Allen Iverson fan in basketball. Allen Iverson is really probably my favorite athlete. Chris Paul is one of my favorite athletes. Athletes, And, you know, I'm a LeBron fan. LeBron has won championships, but it took him a while to get over that hump. He had to go to Miami. And I think that ring culture has destroyed Sports is destroyed in basketball and football, really in everything, because people grade a legacy, how good a player is by the ring that they have. So it was a narrative that was going around around the time of the Super Bowl that if if Matthew Strafford won the MVP, that he would be a certified Hall of Famer. Now, I am ignorant to this fact because I didn't really see Matthew Strafford play because it's the Lions first and foremost. Come on. But also, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest football fan. Now, granted, even me not being the biggest football fan, I saw a lot of Matt Ryan. Admittedly, and Ariel didn't notice, I didn't really like Matt Ryan. You want to know the reason why? Guess the reason why I didn't like Matt Ryan, Ariel, when we first came out. Guess the reason why. You know why. You know why. He won Michael Vick. 
Coach. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's why I didn't like him. Michael was my guy. He wasn't Michael Vick. I, I, I'm, I, and I'm like, man, listen, this guy, this, this white boy ain't Michael Vick. Like, but he's re, he was really good. He's done a lot for the Falcons organization. And I always watched him because I had no other choice but but to watch him, especially before all the choices that he that we had. And the thing is that Matt, Matt Ryan and Matthew Strafford get compared often, right? But the thing is that Nick Wright brought this up, my guy Nick Wright. Matt Ryan's had a better career. And he played a better Super Bowl, although we know what happened with the 28-3, than Matthew Strafford. Matthew Strafford literally is a Georgia quarterback because he, like, Georgia quarterbacks get participation awards. You got Stinson Bennett that rode his defense to the championship, and according to Ariel and me, like, Matthew Strafford rode Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald to the, to the championship. Matthew Strafford was, was out there game managing. That, that, that man was out there and, and enjoying L.A., Okay. Like that, like I don't, I don't get this whole entire thing. Of, oh, he won a Super Bowl. He should be, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Let's say he didn't win. Let, 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 let's play this, this mind, this mental game, as and, and and do a thought experiment, as they say on Twitter. Do we really think that if he did not win, that y'all would want him in the Hall of Fame? Be real, first ballot. Be real. Like so, that my thing is, is that, and I'm gonna give it to Ariel, Ariel's the expert. But all I'm saying is that. I believe that a championship does not validate a player. And Chris Paul said something interesting real quick. I want to say this. Chris Paul said, because he was on J.J. Reddick's podcast, All Man All Man in the Three, and yeah. he talked about winning a championship and how he felt about that. And Chris Paul said that he wants to win a championship. He's going out there to win, but at the same time, he knows there's a lot of guys that won championships that still want to be where he is today, out there at the age of 36, playing he they have the number one record in the nba it's a lot of folks that probably gonna do what matt ryan's doing ariel wants him to retire but guess what matt ryan gonna be out there for the next two years and a lot of folks want that they want that nfl money they want the records they want all of that and they might trade that in for a ring because a lot of folks if you don't if you know what i'm talking about trade in those rings for money once they retire go ahead ariel okay go ahead i yield the floor to you <laughs> um i I'm part of that. I I do believe rings are very important and they say a lot to who you are and how you are because having our discussion um, a couple days ago when we were thinking about this show, I feel like it is almost impossible to be in the Hall of Fame as a quarterback without a ring. You can find any defensive player and you can find any offensive player that would make it to a Hall of Fame, whether they are champions or not. Without having a ring as a quarterback, that is very hard to prove. And you see that with Matt Ryan because it comes to the fact of if he keeps playing and not with the longevity of how Tom Brady plays, but if he plays so maybe he's like, and what people don't realize, Matt Ryan is actually still kind of young. He's mid-30s. Um, if he keeps playing into his 40s, he may get it as, like, a pity reward. As, like, I've been in the game so long and I've broken so many records without a ring. Why not give it to me? But you don't want something out of pity. And that's even sad for me to say that and to look at it because because it's like, dang, I got to add you to the Hall of Fame because you've done so many things for Atlanta, but you never got us a ring. Like, that's that's even bad for what? me to say. Ariel, no. 
I just admitted that. I said it's bad for me to say it's that. The only reason for you to say what is a hall of famer? What like like that's the thing I don't understand. Like and and, and, and we and we gotta move we gotta move on in, in in a second. But and this might have to be a whole other podcast because I need somebody to explain to me what a hall of famer is. Because the Hall of Fame has just changed so much because the competition has changed so much. And how, just like how I've been repeating, because I watched, I've been, that was probably one of the best press conferences besides when Peyton Manning retired. And um, there was another press conference that I admired so much. It goes back, and I'm saying, like, it's not all Matt Ryan's fault. Like, Matt Ryan is one of those top elite quarterbacks, if you really want to check them, if you really want to look at the facts and the stats, Matt Ryan is like that. It's just his management, literally how Sean Payton says, when you don't have a good coach or you're not creating some type of consistency within your coaching and your staff, you don't have a great general man manager or a president, it all trickles down to your team. They're going to be unstable. They're not going to be hardworking. They're not going to be dedicated. And you kind of seen the lack of dedication within the Falcons with players not playing for the rest of the season. You also have players leaving, contracts being cut. Everybody has to split their pay until you can prove to me that you're a winning team. And the Falcons have not been back since 2017. This last season with Arthur Smith, almost making it having a last minute run but you can only kind of credit that to the long season that we have a lot of teams had big playoff dreams they actually could have made it into postseason because of the how long the season was but the falcons actually had a chance and they actually got together so i don't see author smith changing but something does have to click with them, Matt Ryan, because it's so sad to see so many Falcon players without a ring. It's sad to see Roddy Wright without a ring. It's sad to see Gonzalez without a ring. It's sad to see Vic without a ring. It's sad to see anybody that's still playing without a team, without a ring. And then you got all our great running backs, all our great wide receivers playing for other teams that have won a ring within the past five years of leaving the Falcons. You got to think about Michael Turner. You got to think about other running back that plays in the AFC now. Like, that's that's kind of sad. It's not his fault as of this moment, but I find it really – and then you got to look at Matthew Stafford here, too. You were with the Detroit Lions for a minute. And not saying you were a bad quarterback there, but you weren't the greatest quarterback there. And then you come and you get put in an environment where you can be successful. Matt Ryan hasn't had a successful environment since – 20 actually 2013 and maybe 2016 he hasn't had a successful team within then you put matthew shepherd with he doesn't even have to participate i just gotta toss you up the ball man i know you're going you got cooper cub you got Oda Beckham, you got von miller you got jalen ramsey you got aaron donald what what am i i'm just here so i don't get fined at this point i'm just here to pass somebody the ball because you need a quarterback in the game he didn't have to do anything when you don't have a good environment that's when it starts well, looking at your record what i will say is that that pass that set up that field goal versus the buccaneers that was impressive i i, I will i will give him that but we we, we have to do a, a whole other, other show about this because it, it's just like ring culture that's been and i think it's more so like it's more so perpetuated by the media as a way to define a player's legacy in a team game is just so asinine to me. I, I get it being a part of the conversation, but the Jordan versus LeBron ring debate, the ring debate now that is being festered by the media, akin to LeBron and Jordan to a certain degree, of, hey, well, well, Stratford has one ring, Matt Ryan has zero, and they collapsed in against the playoffs, against, against, against the Patriots, and also all these other things, even with Tom Brady versus other greats. 
I think that it's just disingenuous. Now, when we talk about Floyd Mayweather being what like fifty and zero and 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 and, and beating Rocky Marciano. We can talk about that he's 50 and 0. We can talk about the belts that he's won and compare him to other great athletes because that's an individual game. But then at the same time, also sports is so un unquantifiable because I can't say Floyd is better than Muhammad Ali because they fought in different weight classes. Like, see, it, it, it's so hard to, to quantify sports. And I think that's what media and social media has done. It's made us quantify it. And oh, it, it's, it's so bad. I think it's only... I would say it's only better if you take if you take broadcast and gamecast like the Payne and Eli Man like their show, or you're taking players that used to play when you bring Drew Brees or when you bring in um, Tom Brady, even though he's still on the fence. You know, we're not going to implicate any rumors in here, <laughs> but w when you um, when you take players that have had rings or haven't had rings and you let them discuss within themselves, that's when I kind of think the ring discussion, the Hall of Fame discussion becomes kind of valid because you're not taking anybody like us that probably hasn't played sports. Oh, we or matter. We're just, we we're, matter. Our lives matter, Ariel. Our, our opinions lives, matter. <laughs> our opinions matter, but you have to think about it as like, I'm I'm a fan and I'm a journalist and I'm a person that loves sports. Besides the person that has been playing the game, that has seen the changes, that studied the changes, and I let you evaluate them. I there's you can't I don't really see the bias in it and I don't see the cons in it either of letting the greats with or without a ring discuss who really needs to go in instead of letting the fans or the journalists be like, okay, he did this one thing. Because we're known for sticking to one thing. We're known for bringing up your past and being like, that's the reason why. Like, we do that. We we present ourselves like that. People that have been in the game and play the game hardly ever do that. They sometimes do, but I feel like it's a more fair opinion than if you're just listening to regular journalists that have built credibility. You know, she said what she said. You know, she's had to go on proven in facts. Has she ever been in the game? No, I, I listen. I, I I get it. That is be whole another conversation because that, that that's that's a good one. So let's talk real quick about Michelle Tafoya, her last stand before retiring. So Michelle Tafoya is on her way out. Great sideline reporter, but she asked Aaron Donald in the moment after he won if he was retiring. Now initially, Ariel, when we talked about this. I thought it was just totally out of line, and she needed to read the room. But Michelle Tafoya went on the OG Dan Patrick show and she explained herself. So I want you to listen and I want you, you, you to judge if she was in the right based on what she said on Dan Patrick. Are you thinking, can I ask him, should I ask him, how do I ask him about retiring? Yeah, and I had to because if you don't, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't in that minute, Dan. Because if people, if you don't ask, you get criticized. When you do ask, you get criticized. But I had to, um, and, and, and in fact, I used it in my open too because Rodney had reported that to us that he was thinking about, you know, look, if I win this thing, maybe I'll go away and, and call it a career. So we used that in my opening on camera and then you've got to bookend it. You have to ask the question. You just, and, and I thought it was kind of telling that he said, I'm just going to soak this in for now. And I totally respected that. And I knew we probably weren't going to get a definitive answer, but you know, when I did my first Super Bowl, it was Pittsburgh. Durant okay, Michelle. You, okay, no. No, Michelle, no. <laughs> no, no, Michelle. You don't have to ask that. You don't have to ask that, Michelle. And she, she just, yeah, in, in Pittsburgh. We're not in Pittsburgh, Michelle. 
Okay, we're in SoFi Stadium. We're in LA, and you ask that man, that 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 that, that grown man that is crying and sweating and using his Super Bowl shirt to wipe his tears, and I'm like, Aaron, don't do that. You gonna you gonna want to wear that? Like, don't do that. You gonna have, you gonna have snot stains and tears on your shirt? Don't do that. I was I, I be OCD sometimes. I was so upset he was doing that. Like, I was I was more upset that that night wasn't Michelle DeFoy. But I had time to think about it. Don't you don't ask that question because what do you gather from asking that question in that moment when you are she is a veteran she's been in this thing for decades you know he ain't gonna gonna answer that question he's not gonna well, well Aaron Donald so you finally won a championship so let the world know you're retiring Michelle yes I'm hanging it up thank you so much and like no he's not gonna do that why do you ask that question I think that I was totally out of it I'm not saying she get fired or anything but the whole entire what, I mean that, she can't she quit she's what, done what, what, she's what, tired what, what, true that, 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 that's <laughs> true she should get fired from social media we can cancel her but like you know what I'm saying but but whole time, oh damn if you do damn it if, if you don't well damn it you did it okay Okay, come on now. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, you did it, and you shouldn't have. I don't think anybody in that moment where Aaron Donald finally won a ring, we all are happy for him, we're thinking, you know what? What did Michelle ask if he was retiring? No, no. I mean, I was wondering, because it was announced, and I was wondering, and as a reporter, you like, I, I get... I get what she means, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because, like she says, either you get the scoop or you don't. If you actually don't, you're going to be criticized either way. However, that's when it comes, that's where they talk about when you go to school for journalism and they'd be like that innate feeling, that moral responsibility where you just read the room. You know, black people know how to read the room. Like, we, we know. Like... No, no offense to Michelle. I love Michelle. She's one of she's one of my idols. I look up to her. I love her work. But it's just one of those things. Yeah, you're a reporter, but now you have to step back and be a human being. And then probably that's when you're on the spot thinking comes in, like, how are you going to celebrate? How does this make you feel? What is this leading to? Like, you could have asked the question without asking the question or kind of got, like, a roundabout answer. But this isn't one of those players that is officially going to announce his retirement. Like, when you look at Aaron Donald... Aaron Donald doesn't like that person that discloses their life, nor do you want to say anything about the franchise right now after what just happened. Exactly. If it was a different situation in a different time, like this was, in fact, the Steelers are Tom Brady, like I'm not in the Super Bowl, I'm not making it, then this is a perfect time you to would, ask. You wouldn't ask the... You wouldn't ask him that then, because I want I would Aaron, ask him that then. I want Aaron Donald to announce it when he's ready. And you're you're you just won a championship for your team and for your city that you that you gave eight years to this city, and you were the bet one of the best players in the NFL, one of the best defensive players we've we've ever seen. If he's retiring, imagine he's retiring young. He started in 2014. He's like 30, 31. So it's like you're retiring young anyway. So I want I want that player to control their narrative. It is not you, she's already retiring, so it's it doesn't hinge upon me. To report that this ain't an ice cream shop. I ain't trying to always get the scoop. I'm not trying to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like like I'm gonna let Aaron do that. That's journalism. Like how I get you. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. It just comes into how you feel about it. She was wrong to ask him that in this situation. Anywhere else, anything else, the situation might have called for it. Because besides her dilemma. That's sometimes your job, not always to be the first person reported or to get, you can get fired off of not willing to take those risks. And this situation, fired. no. I get fired. But 
I'm not going to watch it. I get fired. It, it, it was wrong. She should have never asked the question. You should have left it at speculation. That's going to bring more ratings to go and ask people. And he probably would have been like, Dang, she respected me. I'm going to give her an inside scoop. She, Maybe we can have a one-on-one. He, he might have. didn't do that. He might, but my, my thing is that she is she is smart enough. She is a capable reporter. She's honestly one of the best sideline folks out here. I first met Michelle before. I didn't actually meet her. But the NBA 2K5, because video games, how this generation gets introduced to people. Like, she was an NBA 2K5, you know, and, and she would do the sideline NBA 2K5. That was when I first became acquainted with her. Michelle Tafoya is great. And her, I, I, I'm relying on her greatness. You've done this long enough. What did you reasonably expect outside of him to say, Oh, I don't really want to talk about that. Or, hey, you know, like, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm still going to, I'm just going to enjoy the moment. Any player that isn't tired, if you interview Antonio Brown, is this your last game game as, as, as a Buccaneer? He probably, we probably be like, yeah, it is. If you he would have made a dramatic exit and just would have been like, watch this. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's he, Antonio Brown. He probably would have. But in that moment, you would have got, you would have got closer to him saying something controversial or something that would have caused the headline than Aaron Donald emotional gripping with the fact that he won. I can personally say, I have never, yeah, I've never experienced a moment like that. I, I got to think. I, I think the closest is when, when I received my first, my, my, my first published book and they sent me the copies. That might have been the closest to like that euphoria and that joy. But that moment when you've dreamed of something your whole entire life, and in the in a big moment you make a big play that 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 pressures Joe Burrow to throw an incomplete pass essentially. And you win the game off of that, and you're processing that emotion. You did it. You can't believe it. it's an out-of-body experience. And you're asked about your future in a moment where you're enjoying the present? No. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to give you a coherent answer at this point. Let me think about it. Because I might have told Rodney Harrison, we at the bar, yeah, man, if we win, I might call it quits. But then I get this win. I'm exhilarated. I'm an athlete. Now I'm back. I'm back. And I think I think Rodney Harrison, unless unless Aaron Donald told him to do that, I'm not saying you got to ask permission, but unless it was on the record, because we know we talk about journalism, on the record, off the record is a, is, is a big thing. If it was on the record, okay. But I just feel like Rodney Harrison was, be, was be, being a chatty patty a little bit. Sorry, Rodney, you you you'll be a little bit chatty patty. I, just to me, because it's like he just sort of brought it up. Cause I watched it live. He just sort of brought it up out of nowhere. I we was like. Huh? Like what? Like it didn't make it really much sense because on top of that, with Aaron Donald being thirty, like I, I just would rather have him control the narrative because man, Michelle Tafoya knows well that he was not going to answer that question. Like, what are we doing out here, man? See, see, this is why it's why you need to hire us. Okay, you need to hire us, hire Ariel and I. We we gonna get it done. Okay, that's all I'm saying. We gonna get it done. Michelle is retiring. Okay. We gonna get it done. We we gonna ask the questions that need to be asked, and we gonna leave these folks alone. Okay, I, I'm gonna leave them alone. Okay, I'm gonna let them do what they do. All right, that's how I feel about it. But, but, but you, you have any final thoughts on this? No, nah, it's just the shameless plug for your book and the irony that I didn't. We're I didn't even say the book name. I didn't even say the book name. Like, but if you if you ask the diary of Leah Anderson, that, that that was the book. Okay, and I'm just 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 saying like 20, 2014, like twelfth grade year, man, it was crazy. All right, so let's move on. So I want to just really quickly go into uh, the halftime show and just, you know, halftime show, the culture, the ratings. So I want to ask you, Ariel, 
what did you think about the halftime show? Like, rate the halftime show from one to ten, and tell me if you thought it was the best halftime show ever. It's definitely not the best halftime show ever. That that would never be the case. Um, it was a great performance. It was a great halftime. I would rate it honestly a solid nine. Any first of all, it was the stars that it first of all when Fifty Cent. 50 Cent came out, recreated his whole music video. That's what had me hyped. And then it's Dr. Dre. Like, the the godfather of beats, per se. The man that put most of these people on the map. The man that created most of these DJs, beat, man, beat makers, producers, and artists. You, I, like, he was, he was part of a crucial error in hip-hop, a very crucial error in hip-hop. So you bring out Dr. Dre, you bring out Snoop and he crit rocking, you bring out the queen in Boots, Mary J, she was doing the Go Mary. You bring out Eminem, and I I do, I personally love Eminem. I love his music, I love everything that, well, I don't love everything that he's done, but he he's he's pretty cool. You bring out stars on the stage you create compton you created compton that's tough like i stage performance song set list guest stars i you know i give them a solid nine like that was actually a solid and then you got me to dance and i'm rapping along with you i yeah. give you a solid nine I, I think we can't sleep on Kendrick. Like Kendrick was the one I was excited for. Oh yeah. Because Kendrick I'm so is sorry, Kendrick. That's 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 us. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's our generation. Like I I remember when Control came out. I remember I remember when Don't Kill My Vibe came out. You know what I'm saying? Mad oh, City. Yeah, Matt, Good Kid, Mad City, Problem. You know what I'm saying? Like like like, like I, I with, with with Drake. ASAP, two chains, or sorry, sorry, Drake, Rihanna's baby daddy, two chains, and Kendra. Okay, he, got, he, he has a new name now. Okay, got it, got it, got it, yeah, you, you know. Me? But back in the day, he was named ASAP Rocky, and remember that? I remember that song. Like, like that was high school for me, you know. And and that was with the West Coast because yeah, the East Coast had their moment, then the South had something to say, and they they've been running it for forever. We've been really been running it. Then the West Coast with 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 Kendrick really started to come up. And like Kendrick turned into, like, it's just so crazy how he turned into just this rapper that was with Dre on the recipe and all these different songs. That he turned into like this legend within his own right. And it's uh, to me, it started with Control. So to get from Control, he named up all those rappers. He named up my dog Big Crit, and I was I was like, what he he dissed Big Crit too. He didn't really diss him, but like you know, he he named up Big Crit saying that, that that's his contemporary. Like I was so lit off that people responded. I remember that. I remember going home. And I'm on YouTube trying to find all the responses. Like, and then seeing him in the Super Bowl, I was proud. Eminem should have always have done the Super Bowl. Just, Eminem wasn't, wasn't Super Bowl suitable. Because after 2004, you're not bringing Eminem. Because you don't know what Eminem's going to do. But Eminem, as an older man that is more seasoned, he, ha he has songs that are more genuine crossover um, hits. Com kamikaze, when he came with Kamikaze, that well, actually was kind of... What, but know. it wasn't, it wasn't My Name Is. You know, it, like, I, it, it wasn't no, no, those songs where he where he would, he see, he had songs dissing gay people and all these other things that, that, that would, that would have been reprehensible at this time. He's, he wasn't a Super Bowl artist in 2000 and one or two at the height of his power. But at this point, I think he is. He performed Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself was a perfect song to, 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 to perform. I think that was the perfect song. That's the song, that's the athlete song. Someone called it, and it's so funny. I don't know if you saw this. Someone called it the White Dreams and Nightmares. <laughs> that was so funny to me. I, you know what? And I, that's a good one. That's, that's whoever, 
your mind. It wasn't me. I, I didn't your see. mind, man. That's that. Yeah, but it is. It, it, it is. But I mean, I thought it was amazing. Um, you know, and but Kendrick was the highlight for me, even though he performed, he really just only performed humble, but like just how he came out, like I really wish Kendrick would have had had a bigger part. But I'm not saying as like a as a takeaway, I thought it was a 10 out of 10. But the best halftime show by far, and like I said, I just watched it, Prince. You know, I'm a I'm an HBCU guy, I got HBCU pulse. Fam, you was a part of that show. And I never knew. Like, I would I probably watched it because we always watched all the Super Bowls. The only one I legitimately missed was 2020 when Patrick Holmes won his first ring because I was traveling from St. Louis to Atlanta. Then I came back to Macon. So I missed that one. And I came in at the end after everything was over. Um, But we watched almost every Super Bowl. So I probably did watch it, but I was 10. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I wasn't too worried about, you know, the, 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 I was 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 11. But like, was that? No, I think I was 10. I was 10. Like, (laughs) I was 196, so I, I was 10. Um, but like, you know, I, I gotta get it right. I gotta get the history right. But like, you know, this Prince, man, like I, I can appreciate Prince so much more now. Not only was he by himself, just the sheer musicianship and the fact that I think that performance transcended genre. Like you, you can't get around Prince, you know, and anybody that, that does not have Prince in their top five is trolling. Stephen A is the OG. Shout out to Stephen A. You're trolling, sir. You're trolling. There, there was nobody that had a Prince type come out. And I want to just say, I, 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 now granted, this might be a little bit ignorant. I've seen Michael Jackson's performance maybe once or twice, but I looked at the set list. That set list was weak. Come on. We are the world. Heal the world. Come on. At the Super Bowl. You got to think about the time he was going through, bro. Think about the time he was going through. Man, man he, 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 he should have did care about us and then walked off. That's what he should have did. You know what I'm saying? Man. <laughs> like, 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 that would have been such a 2022 statement. Michael Jackson stuff. All I want to say is that they wouldn't care about us. <laughs> that would have been, been so crazy. I, like, I only remember a select few, and it's not a select few that could ever compete with a Prince halftime. But this, I mean, this, this didn't touch it. At all, like because Prince had no features. Yeah, but Prince had no features. This was, was a really, have no features. This was a really good. We we, we all. I think as black people, we, we, uh, as, as black. Well, I hate to say it like this. Forgive me if I offend anybody, but your your regular everyday black person that's in tune with the culture. I think we all are biased because there's some that aren't, and it's okay if you're not. But listen, we're not talking about you, okay? But like you know, the folks that are in tune with the culture. From the older folks to the folks our age to even the younger black people, we were in tune with that. Because you want to know why? If, if you're young and you're in high school, guess what? That's Monet and Canaan from Power. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like, hey, if, if you're young and you're playing Grand Theft Auto Five like me, you're probably not getting killed like me. I'm getting killed all the time, man. It's, it's, it's sad, okay? Wow. But but you probably have met Dr. Dre and GTA Five online with Anderson Pop doing that song because I met him. Like I said, I met him. So you know, it, it's like you 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 have an association with these folks. If, if, you, if you know what if you know what's going on, you know Snoop. You know him on from TV. You 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 know the new music he's making. You know him as the personality. He's with Kevin Hart commentating on the Olympics. He's super funny. So Bro, all these folks, and Dr. Stewart, yeah, iconic duo. Exactly. All these so all these folks transcend. All of them transcend. You know. So so it's like if you're in tune with the culture, 
even folks are not that aren't aren't of you know our, our our ethnicity and our lineage like that are in tune with the culture. They know what's up. So for this one, people know. You know what I'm saying? In some capacity, who all these people are. 50 Cent's the troll that trolls everybody. You you know everybody on that stage. Doc, like Dr. Dre, he was known for other reasons, other bad reasons. But still, you know Dre. So I, I, I think I mean, that, his latest reason is his ex-wife. Yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but, you know, I'm just, just saying, but like, I feel like, you know, like, it was great. I, I give it a 10, but Prince was, was a 13. Now, real really? quick, yeah, Prince was a 13, 14, 15. No, I mean, you, you'll give this halftime for sure. a 10. For sure. I would say second best to me. I put it above Michael. And Beyonce's up there. I think Bruno did a good job. But it, it's Beyonce just... Beyonce turned off the lights. If she's not top three, that's crazy. But I will also say the homecoming vibe when, when she came out with Bruno, that was great. I revisited that. But, man, like it's just like... Like just like Prince is an icon, I think that that solidified him even more within the mind of people because it's almost like how you say, oh, or how so people would say, oh, like you know, Matthew Stratford needs a ring or Matt Ryan didn't bring a ring. Like Prince had everything, everything. He had the, the women, he had the music, he had the culture. He he was he influenced all these artists. He had everything you would want, but you give him that Super Bowl. He goes out there and performs Purple Rain in the rain? That's where you could get rain. icons for, like, anything. Because now nobody wants to perform at the Super Bowl. Really? You think so? Like, I feel like it was so easy to book an artist that wanted to do it, like, back in the 2000s. Past yeah. 2010, it's hard to get elite, These- elite. What you- people to actually want to perform, especially after what happened, and now you got to add on to the Black Lives Matters what? and everything that's kind of going on. Well, you got to find people that are inclusive as well. Well, by and large, these artists are weird, and you what you write about Black Lives Matter because a lot of folks are were saying, "Hey, we're not going to perform." But t- to be fair, like I say, like what is, and we're gonna move on in a second, but what is a Hall of Fame player? What is a Super Bowl artist? Because Eminem was not that at his peak. Eminem was not, Eminem would have been worse if you let Eminem for real and Eminem really want to be on one. Like I, I wouldn't even have him. I wouldn't even have to perform Stan because Stan, you were around Stan ended. Like I, like you can't perform Stan at, at, at Super Bowl. You know but I'm saying? saying that that goes into the exclusivity and if it makes sure it's for everybody. They're not inviting anybody if you know how the world is now. If it doesn't represent what we believe, if it's not going against anybody, if it's not playing into any kind of racism or any phobias or blah, blah, blah. So that kind of cancels out a lot of people, too, because you can't really be who you are now, but you also can't be offending the people that makes up our main audience, which isn't just your regular, everyday white folks. It's your or, transgender people. It's your or, community. It's everybody. Or your even regular, everyday football fans. Like this is everyone, because this is like Super Bowl. Like folks don't know, folks don't know what what football is. We'll watch the Super Bowl because that is the dominant pop culture moment, and that's the biggest TV show on earth. You know, so I like, like, I like, I, I, I think, I think it's big. I just want to say in in the, in passing that Atlanta, we should have gotten an Outcast reunion, but we'll we'll leave that alone. 
the commercial. I, I just need a birthday bash halftime. If y'all, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Give me a birthday bash halftime. Let me tell you, that's going that's gonna be a conversation right there. West Coast versus the South. And man, man, let's all we needed was the, the reunion of Jeezy and Gucci at the Super Bowl. Have, have maybe like Clark Atlanta Morales' band, all the all the AUC Georgia bands combined together to, to, to do some IC. Yo, the AUC is trash for that. Having that homecoming and having everybody come out. No, they're amazing for that. Word. No, that's great. That that was Fly Guy DC. That, see, that, that, that's offline conversation. That was Fly Guy DC. Okay, that Not was that amazing. Word. The alumni didn't know. That's no, great. No. That is amazing. That's amazing marketing. Like, like that's not for the alumni. That's not for the alumni. Homecoming you better watch. Not, for the alum- not that of it. But listen, we gotta yes. talk. About no, not that of for it. For them not to have a homecoming that mm-hmm. whole year, and then you don't, Mm-mm. you don't pass out anything. You don't say anything. You Mm-mm. just do it for the students on campus. Listen, yeah, listen. We'll, we'll be all right. Okay. L- 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 listen. Sometimes, sometimes, no. listen. It, it has to be a level of student privilege. Not, and I get that. It has to be a level of, of student privilege. But if you really knew and you really were in tune. Fly Guy DC is going to walk out and be like, you know, I'm, I'm bringing people. Fly Guy DC is one of the best promoters of himself out here. Like, Fly Guy D, if anything, Fly Guy DC going to do is promote himself. So if you knew who Fly Guy DC was, you were going to be there at Clark Atlanta on that night because you knew somebody was coming. It might not have been the whole lineup, but you knew, like, somebody outside of Gunner was coming. You knew that. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so to me... That was that was dope, and Fly Guy DC is a part of history. Fly Guy DC is the prince of HBCUs for that. Like he he did a prince performance at Clark Atlanta's homecoming. All right, but we're go, we're gonna skip back to the commercials because outside of the LeBron commercial, what is there to talk about? It was the Super Bowl Fifty Six sponsored by Crypto.com. Okay, but let's talk about the ratings. So across all the NBC platforms and also NFL platforms, okay, um, including Peacock, the game was watched by one hundred and twelve point three million viewers per NBC. Um, we peaked at OMBC at 114 million in 2015 for the Seahawks versus the Patriots. So that was the highest number um, of the past few years. And I, I was doing research, Ario, and what was shocking to me, a great game from Tom Brady and the Patriots, although they, they, they were missing, I think, Malcolm Butler, and then Nick Foles and the Eagles and that upset win over the Patriots. That was actually, although it's still with a lot of people, that was actually one of the lower-rated Super Bowls or lower viewed Super Bowls until the past few years. So I thought that that was very interesting. I think it had like 101 million. Then of course this last one was under 100 million across all platforms with um hmm. with, with, with the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. But this one came up. So like wh- why do you think that is? Do you think that that was the season? Do you think that was how great the NFL playoffs turned into? Do you think that was Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and the halftime show? Do you think it was it was Burrow? Do you think it was you know the Rams? Like why do you think that the Super Bowl got this many viewers and it peaked after a couple years of it being down? I mean, you said it. It was everything in its factors. You got. You got the Super Bowl that happened. First of all, it's L.A. It's Ohio. You already know how Ohio was setting up in Cincinnati, how they were going in. They probably still had that day off on Monday because I wouldn't want to go in either after that upset. So you had that whole state watching. You got celebrities there. You had, a, you had like two introductions going into starting the game with The Rock and then another announcer. Folks like, didn't appreciate The Rock. This- Folks didn't appreciate it. They, they, they didn't understand what was going on. They didn't understand it. If, if you knew, you knew, but yeah, you knew. I was like, ah, oh, this was, ah, it was, yeah. it was momentous for me, but 
you made a whole performance out of the Super Bowl, and then you got Joe Burrow. Man, came came out here second year. I'm in the Super Bowl. You got a big stuff on the other side, plus the previous announcement about everybody's retirement. Everybody in the world wants to retire at Super Bowl night. So you had that going on. <laughs> and with Southern Florida was going to ask them all, hey, you retiring? Like, she's going to ask all of them. Like, she's she, she going to stop them. Hey, I know you're celebrating having a good time, but the world needs to know, <laughs> are you retiring? <laughs> and they probably stayed around for that. You know, there's so much news going in before, going after. That's probably why it was so freaking big. And then, of course, the the leading up to like the playoffs were amazing they this were. year. They were. The like the you know outside the of that outside games. of that the, the first few games in the wild yeah, card. Yeah, aside the first. Yeah, aside you know week week two going into the second week, not the first week, but the second week <laughs> of playoffs. That that's when things got hype and it got really yeah. crazy, and we got a preview to what maybe the Super Bowl was look like. It didn't look like that at all, but it was still a great game. But like the leading up to it. The pre the pre show halftime show post game show the actual football game like it was it was great so I don't I don't see why the ratings wouldn't be like freaking crazy we need to make this a segment rating segment like people let's, should really oh no let's like yeah we we basically all, all already do it and I want to just say so. I'm looking at Super Bowl viewership by year, and we're, we're going to end here. So the Rams and Bengals, 112.3. This is from 2020. Uh, well, I, well, I'm not, I'm, so this is from Axios. So I'm not seeing the full breadth of it. I guess it's from, from uh, it looks like 2012, the past 10 years it looks like. So Rams and Bengals topped all of them, essentially, from what I'm seeing from viewership, from live TV and streaming, um, from 2020, 2022. So, of course, you get, you get a bump from that. Patriots and Seahawks, 114. So that was the highest. Um, Patriots, Falcons, 111. Broncos, Panthers, 111 um, million. And you have Seahawks and Broncos, 111. Ravens and Niners, 108. Giants and Patriots, 111, that rematch. Um, Chiefs and Niners, 102. Uh, the Bucks and the Chiefs, surprisingly, how they were building that as like Jordan versus LeBron, like the old school versus the new school. That mm-hmm. wasn't that big of a draw as opposed to what it was before. That Patriots Rams snooze fest, that got 98 million, probably ended up being zero million. Like, like after everything, that game was boring. I remember that game. Um, but yeah, like, so, you know, streets, I, I think that what, 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 to me, what this concludes to me as is, I believe that people come for big events. I, I believe people show up for big events. And I believe that promotion matters. And people, like, we have short attention spans, but it really depends on, like, what's on. We will watch all of what's on if it's something that I'm immersed in. Because I believe that Twitter, I believe that streaming, I also believe, even though I'm not a better, I believe that betting has made it where it where you're a part of the cultural conversation. It's higher stakes if you're betting on the game, you're taking over and under, or you have a prop bet, you want to see that prop bet come to pass, and if it don't, you upset. Even if your team win, you upset. But also, I think that what we're going to see soon, and we talked about this before. We, we, we talked about it all the time. We, we did um, the the um, Nickelodeon, you know, review. Is that what you're going to see, you're going to see more alternative casting. Now, I think NBC did an amazing job. The new scoreboard was great. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth did an amazing job. But what you're going to see more of, I think, as we move, especially to ABC and ESPN and Disney in general, getting the Super Bowl, you're going to see a kid stream. 
like you did with Nickelodeon. You're going to see a Manning cast. You're going you're gonna to see other folks with their other properties seeing how can we interweave that into the game. You might see a Marvel, a Marvel cast. You might see maybe a Star Wars cast. You know what I'm saying? They tried that with the NBA, like, like I talked about before. So I think that there's, and me, of course, I'm not, I'm not a professional on this, but I believe that this Super Bowl number, it being the second highest Super Bowl, also adding streaming since Patriots, Patriots versus Seahawks in 2015, where there wasn't a dearth of streaming. It was still sort of cable at that point. I believe that this is a good trend for media and for the NFL. The NFL is still the biggest game in town. Now, you, you, y'all keep get, getting found off all this racist stuff. Okay, y'all's ratings might go up because white people love that. Anyway, and the scandals <laughs> that have been happening after football between paid players throwing games, racism. That sounds totally different. Over, I'm telling you, all of Fox News is going to watch the next Super Bowl if more of this racist stuff come out. I'm telling you. Anyway, <laughs> it's going to be all of Fox News. Fox Nation watching, okay? Oh, you, 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 uh, I got the Fox Nation ratings next. Anyway. Uh, Ariel, that is it. We we've gone on for almost an hour and thirty minutes, but it's great stuff. We got to go big for the Super Bowl. So Ariel, so we're gonna be taking a little bit of a break. So let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Well, you can now find me on Instagram at underscore underscore dot modern day Ari, or you can find me on Twitter at askuri underscore underscore. Also, the unexpected opinion returns this Friday. We'll be also breaking down the Super Bowl and giving you a little black history to end the month with. So that's a good time. I know Ariel didn't hit hand class. But it was hand class when she said that. Oh, <laughs> like she got another Instagram. That's great. Uh, but make sure to follow. Yes, that, that was that's amazing. So make sure to follow Pulse Radio One Hundred on TikTok on Instagram, on Twitter, and Just Post Radio on YouTube. A lot of big things coming, but great Super Bowl. The culture won. We all won. And now it's basketball season. So y'all get ready for that. It's getting crazy out here. March the 10th is going down. I'm telling you, it's going down March the 10th, man. All right? But nevertheless, man, thank y'all so much for tuning in. And we will see you on the other side. See you guys. You're listening to Pulse Radio.